This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. How are you getting on? How are you really getting on deep inside? What are you thinking about? You thinking about boys, girls? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? No, come here. Uh, how are you? Sorry about that. How are you doing? Are you well? Are you well? You will be loved, you will. Um, are you bloody can't well? Oh my god. See, people think they're being I still get I still get messages, instas. This is an obvious one. You know, people might say, Oh, Tony can't do well, you know, if I I don't know, maybe, you know, do uh post a picture of me doing something ah, you know, the bread. I couldn't get the bread, the bread didn't rise, you know. They might say, Oh, Tony can't prove well, <laughs> you know, you know, the bread didn't prove. Ah. And people think they're being very original. But um you know, I've been here not shit, man. I'm an old, I'm an old hat. I'm an old fucking tricolor. As such a, a, a an old hat am I that I've been around the block and I heard that for years. People saying Tony can't. Remember one time I heard it. Um, we're in the choir in school. In um, I don't know. I'm speaking like a uh, like a like an interrailing uh, student, <laughs> but uh, we were. I was in the choir. In primary school, and I was in choir, I was in choir B, right? There was choir A and there was choir B. Choir A was allowed to sing, <laughs> was allowed to sing, you know? Choir A were like, fall on your knees, oh, the angels' voices. You know? You just, you're desperate here to hear it. And he's like, oh, no, divine. I blew it, I blew it, which is why I was in choir B. I was in choir B. The difference was choir B, you had to hum. So I'd be like, but not even that loud because I was in the back row of choir B. The front row could be like, they're out in the bass, but there was volume levels, volume. I never said that before like that to the choir B. I was in the back row of choir B. So I was like, oh, here you shut up. Find the fucking hum. Sorry. So I was in the back row. Of choir B. So someone did say to me then, you know, Tony, heh, well, I guess you can call you. Well, they didn't actually, they didn't even preface it with a little jolly, you know. Well, I guess they could call you because kids aren't as witty as that. They just said, uh, yeah, Tony can't sing well. You know, they're quick. They're quippy, you know, unlike us meandering around. But um, us adults. Um, so, um, yeah, so they said Tony can't sing well, you know. Uh, but I'd even heard it a million times by then, you know. So if you think you're being original, I shouldn't even open myself up for this, but if you think you're being original on Insta with a with a can't blank well, man, as I said, you can call me Nelson's hat in the Greenwich Maritime Museum in London because I'm such an old hat at being it's not even using that I'm not even using that term right. But I've been around the block. And surprisingly, I didn't get a lot of um cuntwells. Sorry for swearing, as you know. Um, well, actually, I, as you might not know, I'm not swearing in 2022. That's my New Year's resolution. I will not be swearing at all in the year 2022. Um, but I need to explain this. I need to swear a little bit. Um, I surprisingly didn't get a lot of cuntwells. And I wouldn't mind cuntwell, you know. I take the word cunt as a term of endearment, like the Glaswegians do. Or, or an Australian, you know. What are you doing there, you little cunt? Ah, 
this is see where I come from. That's a, a term of endearment. So no, I'm not offended at all. What are you looking in my window for, you dirty little cunt? You know, ah, see, it's actually he's he's just playfully enticing me to stare in at his window. You know, he must just be from Australia and has lost his accent um, recently. Um, but you know, pe- you know, when you think you haven't, you're you're seeing something, seeing something original. Terry has been coming out with some. Oh my god, she showed me. You know, I don't know if you've seen Mark Rober. Mark Rober's like a scientist um, on YouTube, massive YouTuber. You've probably seen him. And he, you know, he came up with this glitter bomb. He kept having things stolen from his porch. So he's basically made this glitter bomb that has various phones and recording equipment, sprays fart spray. So if someone steals it, lifts up the box, it records everything, sprays glitter everywhere, sprays, sprays fart spray. She showed me a video yesterday. And I was like, oh my God, look at this glitter thing. It's called glitter bomb. And I was like, I laugh my ass off at her. I was like, yeah, yeah. And look at this. This is a Charlie bit my finger. Where have you been living? What? You know. <laughs> and she showed it to me on Facebook videos as well. This is the oldest shit I've ever seen in my life. Look at this. Ha ha ha. You know. I laugh my ass off at her. You know, she's. I, I like to do that sometimes because she's a vastly more intelligent person than I am. So the times where there's something that I know and she doesn't, I get to just, oh my God, I love it. I love it. I pat her on the head. And I want to put a big big cone on her head, like a pet shop boy, dunce, you know, like a Kirsten. Anyway, what was I saying? Um, something about cunts. Um, that's not me swearing, that's just me trying to remember my place. Um, uh, yeah, I think just old shit. I don't know what I was talking about. But anyway, look, um, I'm an old hat at being called uh, can't do well. And people think they're being original. That's what I was saying. People think they're being original with uh, can't bloody do well or anything like that. And um, and I know the feeling. I know the ah, like, but you can't look if you, unless you're a vastly intelligent and higher and 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 highly witty person. If you think something's too obvious, it is. It's like the time that I met a girl when I was in Cologne, 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 Germany, um, and her name was L'Oreal. <sighs> and what do you think I did? Well, I've, t- I've talked about this in the pod before. What do you think I did? What's the most obvious thing? You can do. And the chat was going well. I probably could have lost my virginity with her. Um, I wasn't a virgin at this stage, actually. Um, but what do you fucking... Well, what's the obvious thing you'd say to someone called L'Oreal? And I said, ah, and I said it to her. And I don't know if there's anything that stings my heart more more frequently. I'm thinking, uh, I said, ah, well, and, and L'Oreal, by the way, I just want to say, <laughs> you're worth it. She, it honestly, like, it was... It was as if I said a racial slur. It was as if I, as if, as as if, it was as if I revealed that I just murdered someone. <laughs> and by the way, L'Oreal, I have I have twenty bodies under my floorboards. Uh, it would have been the exact same as me saying you're worth it. It was oh oh no oh no. Any goodwill has been sucked out of the earth right now. It's just a world. It's a horrible world. <laughs> There's a comet coming to kill us all. That was the kind of react. Oh my god! I can't believe you went for it. We were having such a good time. We were having such a good time. Um. So if you think you're, if you think, how has no one ever said that before? You've, it's yeah, you know. That's where you learn in improv. You you learn not to go to a to a to b thinking. You learn to go from a to c to d in some cases. Really oddball stuff thinking. You know, don't follow. Don't go to the. Don't go to the. You know, the low hanging fruit. You know what I mean? Um. But yeah, it was um, it was devastating. So how did I get onto that? Yeah, that, well, uh, that's when I went to Cologne in Germany uh, as part of World Youth Day. 
which I've talked about before when I, when I went to go see the Pope. Um, my friends had gone to, to Zambia the year before, and I wanted to go to Zambia. I wanted to go to Zambia with my, with my best friends. We were an inseparable group in Art School Reach, and um, we all wanted to go to Zambia. And of the four of us, uh, three of us went to go, and I, I was excluded. I was excluded kind of under on the terms because I, I, I would take the mick a little bit. Take the mick, take the mick out of the bunch of Zambians, as if I have class. Um, I wasn't going to take the mick, you know, but you know it would. I suppose it would have seemed like I was going to, you know, what was come, you know, I would never. But uh, so I wasn't allowed to go. So I was kind of like, you know, and I tell you, there's no bigger motivator than spite. Um, and so I, I found out that there, the Dublin diocese. Uh, the Marino Dublin Diocese were, were going to uh, uh, World Youth Day. A bunch of like-minded, cool kids like me who love Christ. A bunch of a bunch of legends like me who stick our tongue out for the Eucharist and don't feel weird about it, you know? Um, so uh, I decided, so I said, uh, I went in, I was like, where I want to go. I want to go to uh, Cologne, Germany. It's part of World Youth Day. And uh, and so and so we went and we went to go see the Pope. And fortunately, though, this was like the Pope unfortunately died, and so we had to get the you know we're like we don't even know who we're going to go see now. You know, it's like oh, what he cancelled, he's dead. JP two's dead, so we ended up having to see Ratzinger. And even though he was a new guy that no one even knew out and about, uh, apart from the fact that he was a Nazi as a boy, um, that uh, even even though it was it wasn't even a good Pope, an impressive Pope. The bloody Italians skipped the queue and we ended up having to watch him from the bushes. And he had a bunch of gormless Irish parishioners being like, uh, so sorry guys, the Italians seem to have just taken our spot, so can we just back behind them, walking us into thorn, we're in standing in thorn bushes, a million miles away from the Pope, couldn't see it fucking anything. Shite Pope as well. Um, And that's when I met Loria, um, whose hair was only okay, you know, I'd say that was probably a burden. It'd be like call, you know, it'd be like a guy being called, you know, Johnny Buffstein, and um, and being quite feeble, and meek. Um, so, um, but I still, I shouldn't, you know, you just don't go for that. Like someone's called Beyonce, you know, well, they shouldn't be called Beyonce. You know what I mean? You can't just be calling some Beyonce after the fact. Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, well, I do, but I want to stop talking about that now. Um, just a bit of riffing on my name. Where does he come up with the stuff? Chap's talking, Chap's talking about his name. Now he's talking about fucking the Pope. Um, no, I'm going to be talking about the Young Scientist competition today. I am going to be giving you some top inventions and studies that if you're a young child, you shouldn't be listening to this, although maybe you can now that I'm not swearing anymore. Um, some top tips for winning the Young Scientist competition on this Tony Cantwell shit show. This Tony Cantwell shit show. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff there. Um, so come here to me. Uh, let me talk to you about the Young Science Competition. I was in the Young Science Competition. Unfortunately, I didn't win. Didn't even place. Uh, my mate Dara, who is, you know, an amateur scientist, um, liked to light things on fire. Um, you know, that's probably the full extent. <laughs> but he was a smart dude and very good at computers. Um, he was obsessed with the idea 
that carbon dioxide and the amount of students in a room was affecting our brain capacity because he was he was actually to be fair in the same class as me remember i told you the story about the kid in my class who when we had like there was 42 in my class then another 20 odd from another class and we were all singing during uh winter and radiators were turned up um and then one of the kids um fainted and smashed his head off the radiator and then started to scream it was like ah and the teacher was trying to pick him up and he didn't he was so out of it and hallucinating that he didn't even know that who the teacher was and he was like i'm all right mister i'm all right mister and you could hear him going down the road unable to walk down the corridor and you could hear him being like the cheese is the cheese like he was in a land of cheese i've talked about this so after that Dara kind of had it in his head being like there's there's too many that's <laughs> too many kids in the class and you need ventilation is key and i and he, so he was wondering if you know having too many people in a class was if, would affect the actual oxygen level of the class and what kind of you know reaction that would have to um you know to to your ability to to focus so there was tests carried out i think all i did was kind of hand out paper but it was kind of like you know very rudimentary test you know and but with a kind of weighted score system, but simple tasks that you just had to kind of focus to do, right, and write them all down. So it was, you know, done with like tw- 20 people in the class, 40 people in the class, 60 people in the class, and then with the same size classroom. And based on that, you know, that being kind of the main factor of how many people in the class, how much you were able to concentrate. I mean, it didn't win. There was probably other factors. There was probably a bit more excitement levels in the class. You know what I mean? We couldn't, we couldn't, we did actually measure the amount of um, carbon, um, dioxide i don't fucking know <laughs> minoxide probably not um in the class and we did see a very light correlation between that level of of, of the drop off of concentration and the rise in carbon dioxide um but we did kind of fudge numbers a little bit right sorry uh sorry rds or whoever it is um ESAT Digiphone or whoever's sponsoring. Sorry, guys, okay? We fudged the numbers, okay? We wanted to get our hole, all right? Anything to get that sweet, sweet scientist hole. So um, we fudged the numbers to go to the Young Scientist competition. Anyway, um, it was also the same um, Young Scientist that um, that I I almost, actually, because I was a frigid at it, and I almost lost my uh, my frigidity. Uh, at it when a girl came over to me when i was queuing up for a big curry chip in the cafeteria and a girl came over to me and was like hey do you see my mate over there she likes you um do you want to do you want to meet her and um and i said um why does she want to meet me and then i dropped my tray and i ran out of the building the whole building i was standing um at the old fucking canal out in uh paul's bridge <laughs> you know after you know this is before i was you know a sexual magnet that i am now a sexual um you know specimen um this is when i was you know but it's mad like at my hottest i was at my i had a v and everything had big luscious pillowy lips uh, and a tight pink butt you know um i had like a v i had like a definition in my body you know and i had pretty good skin i didn't really suffer from much acne um you know just a good looking guy with kind of hot I'm not fucking looking myself in the mirror here, so <laughs> so I'm going to drop that now. Uh, and I ran out of the building, so it was a fairly momentous. Also, um, it was actually the same day that uh, I was interviewed by a young girls magazine on how to pursue women. 
<laughs> as a child, you know. I mean, it was, he didn't like come over to me and be like, you you strike me as a, a very successful man with the ladies. I just saw him with the microphone and I was like, what do you need? What can I, what, look, what, how? Shut up for a second. Can I get attention here? How can you, how can this, how can I record something that'll be heard and seen by people? Whenever there was a camera or a mic or anything like that, I'd be on it. I'd be on it like white on rice. If there was someone just like a roving reporter going around, I would ruin, come here to me, look at me, ruin your shot if you're coming just to be like, we're here at the young scientists, you know, and uh, look, this is the gen next generation of young pluckies. So you'd be me there to waving in the background. Yeah! Just waving, jumping up and down, pulling my top over my head. You know, like, yeah! You know, any, any way to get attention, you know, and then I'd be like, me and Joe would be like watching it later on the news. <laughs> like, I think we're going to be on the news, you know, and watching it later and seeing us wait. We went to a jobs fair that was in Croke Park. Honestly, we, we ruined this guy. He just, but he was a real coward. A bunch of kids. He didn't even tell us to stop. You know what I mean? What a coward. We kept ruining his shot, this roving reporter for TV3. It was TV3 at the time. And he was like, we're here at the jobs fair. The next generation of employee. And we're like, yeah, yeah. You know, shouting. Shouting and waving a shot, and then he, he eventually was like, "For fuck's sake!" And he moved his stuff and he left. And he's like, "I think we have what we need." You know, we were standing by. We saw it there later on us waving. He had to use the shot of us waving. You know, he couldn't just say to us, "Why you didn't look tough?" You know, I was a chubby kid with glasses, and he can't even tell me just to sorry. Would you not? Would you not stand in front of my shot? Because I'd be. I was a bigger coward than him. You know, what a coward this guy was. <laughs> anyway, so this guy was walking around, the young scientist, and he had a microphone, and he's working for whatever, you know, this girly mag, you know, the kind of magazine the young girls and pedophiles buy, you know. So I was like, um, what's the crack? What's the microphone? What can I do for you to get attention? And he was like, all right, well, like I work for, you know, girlymag.com, uh, pedorag.ie, and, um, <laughs> and I am interviewing young fellas because we're, this is the year 2001, and, um, the idea of young people being gay is still uh, a distant uh, fantasy and we live in a gender normative world. So as a, I'm assuming you're a man, which means that you're straight and you like girls, how boys go about pursuing women, essentially he was asking. And so I, you know, cracked my knuckles and, you know, I was like, let me fucking, let me fucking tell you now. As a frigid, I have to tell you exactly what you need to do. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you need to, and this is what I said. I said, and look, I don't, I don't like the term friend zone, right? Um, because I, I think it kind of dictates that it's that it's not, that there's something, you know, that there's something inevitable about the sexual kind of end of a relationship or something like that, or like the sexual part is the only true end of a relationship with someone with someone else, you know, um, or um, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like I I don't like the uh, yeah. That 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 the the a platonic relationship is somehow not the final form of this thing. You know what I mean? Um, so, but if there was someone to write a book, or at least a uh, pedorag.ie article on how to be in the permanently in the friend zone, it was me. And so I said to him, "Yeah, we need to do is you need to become best friends with the person that you fancy. <laughs> you need to become best friends with the person that you fancy, and then over time, hopefully." <laughs> there's a lot a lot riding on this hope especially a lot right you know hopefully they see that you're a person that they want to be with right that's what i said and um and you know that's bad that's bad advice that's bad advice you know not to say that you know you need to view every yeah, yeah i've already said my piece on that so uh but then i remember reading you know peter ragdari and i saw the magazine 
because my mate Aiden was also featured in that, and it was a picture of him and some, you know, bit of advice that he gave. And then uh, was my name, and it was no picture. And I was like, oh god, like you know, because I know, I know he only hit, spoke to me because I was probably the most eager. I certainly wasn't the hottest boy in, you know, at the young scientist competition, you know. But uh, I certainly was the most eager to be featured in pedorag.ie, and um, and there was no picture. But then when I read how he had misquoted me, I was quite relieved. But it did still have my name, and it had um, Tony Cantwell, 13, Art School Reach. Um, what you need to do is um, weasel your way in as their best friend, and then wear them down over time. <laughs> this is what I said, attributed to me, a 13-year-old boy, and wear them down over time. And only then will you conquest, you know. Um, so it was quite, uh, I, but I, even with that, I was actually, I was like, ah, I still wouldn't mind a picture of me in there. Look, you know. So, um, so anyway, it was a very, um, very busy and momentous young scientist. But I feel for the young fellas and the young ones um, in this year's young scientist because it's gone virtual. And I think for a lot of people, um, it might be their first time driving up to Dublin, staying in the juries or whatever it is uh, for the week. Uh, and you know meeting people actually physically like shifting getting getting the shift for the first time a lot of a lot of little you know little meek um little meek boys you know who are about to have their mind blown by some you know some rocker in fishnets who's obsessed with fucking uh, you know naruto or whatever you know what i mean that sort of shit i'm talking about all those kind of things that you know you know that side of 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 uh of meeting you know what I mean? Not just the boys with the frosted tips and the O'Neills. You know, other people have to get the meat too. And it was the perfect time for that. You know, not for me, of course, who famously ran out onto the canal, but I've already said that. Um, so I feel for them, you know. But I've always had I've always had a kinship with those young losers. Um <laughs> you know. So um so what I've I've done this week is Ben uh Ben Clifford, associate producer of the pod, turned me on to the fact that it is going to be virtual this year. Um so I'd like to throw, look, if it's going to be virtual, right, I wouldn't mind throwing my hat in the ring here as well and submitting some of my ideas for potential um, science experiments for the Young Scientist Competition. So I have a few here that I'm going to submit. Um, and, uh, you know, you can tell me you can tell me what you think of these. These are just some ideas. Or maybe, do you know what, if you're planning on going next year, maybe you're a young Zoomer, um, which maybe is my demographic now that I don't swear for 2022. If you're a young Zoomer, um, maybe some of these ideas, like the one that I gave to my mate Joe about the industrialization of spider industrial industrialization of spider silk, you can use these ideas. These are up for you if you want. Okay. So the first one I have is it's an invention. Most of these are inventions. <laughs> some of them are. Um, all right. This is the AI affirmation bot. Right. It's an AI that gives you positive affirmations. It kind of it kind of summarizes. You know, you could be shining at the end of the day. So it's twofold. Right. Uh, you kind of can shine on at the end of the day, so you have someone to talk to. And then what it does is it 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 kind of reinterprets what you've said and paints it in a positive light, right? So it takes all the things you say and then it says it back to you, but in you know positive, present, affirmative way, right? Studies have shown that if you talk in the present tense, I am, I have, rather than I will or I want to, you you know uh, you, you see more positive effects from that. Um, and it can enhance your mood. So you're able to unload onto someone, and then it basically puts a positive spin on everything that you say, right? I think this is a level of code that even I could come up with because I'm constantly annoying my wife with trying to put a positive spin on stuff when she just wants to be heard. More on that in a second. 
So say if you're like unloading onto the AI bot and you're like, oh, I had a bad day. You know, I was late for work, which um, really upset me. And, uh, you know, I think my boss is annoyed. Then I didn't really do much for the day. I ate poorly, right? Then I was pretty much just browsing videos online on YouTube of watching people fix old fucking Game Boys all day, right? Then, then I had a big old wank and I shouldn't have had a wank. And then, um, and then I, you know, I don't know, I got, I got drenched in the rain, right? The AI formation bot would say, um, punctuality is so important for you. Hence the negative reaction to when you are late, <laughs> you know, because you were late and you were upset by it. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, that's a nice spin. Yeah, but what about the junk food that I, uh, you know, you are an Epicurious fellow. You love the finer things in life. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people love you okay yeah i suppose i do um and then it'd be like oh but i did so i did waste the day i was supposed to be working i ended up watching fucking game boy restoration videos i love that you are such a technically gifted man and you like to see things perfect you know well i suppose i do yeah and what about the wank? you have a lust an unbridled passion that yeah anyone would kill for you know something like that you know what i mean and then that's so it's kind of like, no, do you know what? It's not that I'm lazy, late, uh, waster. It's that I have an emotional reaction to being on time, which means that I can improve. You know, I do love the finer things in life. I am quite technically interested and would love to pursue that as a future career. Maybe just have a pastime where I fix up and maybe get a soldering iron, maybe fix up some old bits. And, um, and I've got a passion that I'm currently channeling into pornography that I could channel into something else. You know, so that's um, that's the AI formation bot, okay? Um, but there is, you know, you can't always be that so forgiving of yourself. The next one is a study, right, which I call, and again, these are all up for grabs. Um, this is called The Fine Female Feline is a Flirty Friend of Mine. And what this study um, theorizes is the more a human being looks, um, resembles uh, in appearance, a cat, a, fe- a feline, uh, for being scientists, um, the more the more people tend to find that more attractive. Okay. So, um, and either, you know, genetically, because of, you know, cat-like cheekbones, um, cute little button nose, or, or big eyes, or a um, or artificially with things like, you know, cat, cat eye makeup, that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, embedded whiskers. That, that's maybe too far, which we'll talk about in a second, how you can get too far. So you, 100 people are studied. And you take two people, whatever the, the, the sexual orientation is, maybe 200, 200 people um, of, a, of a, you know, of a, um, whatever their sexual orientation is, right? You, um, you show them a bland-looking person, right? And gradually change features on them, right? So you're kind of getting a general ranking of how attractive they think this person is. And then you might um, kind of alter the photo with kind of like little, little cheekbones, you know, maybe bigger eyes, Maybe a little skinnier pink nose, you know, and then, you know, um, and then, you know, further, further you go along, um, maybe add just a bit of fur, a light, a light smattering of fur on the person's face, um, fangs, like a little uh, sharper teeth, you know. But uh, see, the thing is, I think eventually you do get to what I'm also I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating is going to be a bit of an offshoot like this, which would be the fur canny valley. Now, the fur canny valley is basically how attractive you can turn a woman into a cat essentially before it gets too too before you get too uncomfortable, you know, before it's 
before it's like you know a proper whiskers on the label kind of looking woman if you even want to call her that anymore um so i i believe i believe that light features uh altered um people would i i do i do believe most people and i think you're just not thinking about it and i think you're making me out to be a freak you're making me out to be like dr moreau um you know marlon brando with a big fan right um with a little sunblock on my face you're making me out to be like that but i think you're just not ready to kind of so this is this would be great for me this would be great for me and the whole ccf community if we could just get this a lot of people to agree well look on a you know on a, on a uh, what would you call it blind blind test um 78 percent of people is ideal woman has cat eyes raised cheekbones and a little button nose and i'm and i'm not saying that those are the factors that i look for in a woman but i do think that women who look more like a cat tend to be more attractive and luckily most irish women do look like cats all right so that's the fine female feline is a flirty friend of mine um attractiveness and scale and the pursuit of the fur canny valley so this next one is an invention and it's for uh, bloody blokes or maybe it's for anyone really um it's basically a, a shock collar for the person in a relationship that um when they're told a problem by their partner, they look to immediately solve the you solve the problem. Okay, so your partner might be like, "Oh, look, I just did this stupid thing in work, and I'm just a bit down about it. Look, nah, it's nothing." And I'm like, "Well, do you know you could go in next morning and you can really email like, I, ow, you know, they're not looking for that. They're a smart, intelligent person. They know how to solve. They're just really just looking to, for you, you know. So it's it's a collar I call just leashing to me, just leashing to me." And it's for, I mean, I could definitely use it. Um, I mean, I'd probably break it with my gargantuanly thick neck. But um, it is something that I certainly have needed a lot of the time where I have a tendency to try and problem solve. Because I want, I want, you know, it's with the best intentions I'm trying to solve. So Terry's, I'm trying to be like, oh, well, I, that's okay. But what I can come across as is I'm not listening, you know. Um, oh, you know what you need to, need to do with that is, you know. Ah, look, don't worry about it. That's it's 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 not validated it's not entirely validating the emotions of the person so um you might have a partner you might be this person you might need the just leashion to me collar you know well you know what you could do is <laughs> you know so that's a collar for just people who are really trying to help um piss hair dryer look um <laughs> this isn't for warming your piss it's forgetting the it's forgetting the bloody stuff off the seat okay oh my god look I'm not someone who pisses on the seat, unless I'm trying to assert myself on another little cook but to come into the urinal after me or the, the toilet after me. Um, <laughs> no, but if I'm if I'm pissing, um, if I see piss on a seat, I'm very... I was talking about this with Frankie on um, Meditations for the Anxious Minds podcast. We were talking about seeing a bit of piss on your seat. I think there's a lot of blame to be thrown around, like piss, uh, with who pissed on the seat. And when you walk out of a, uh, of a, out of a stall... And then, you know, someone's coming in. You're like, there, this fucker's going to think I pissed on the seat. And God forbid it's someone you know. In which case, you know, you don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. So I think what should happen is all toilet seats should have a Dyson Airblade above the rim. And should go <gasps> after, you, after you get up. And we'll just spray the piss off the end of the seat. So that every time you're finished. And also, you can maybe even, hey. Maybe even turn that little sucker on while you're sitting down. Maybe warm up, warm up your little tush, warm up your, your warm up your dangling bollocks. I'm not swearing for 2022, <laughs> but um, so that's 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 uh piss the piss the piss hair dryer. Um, you have it on on the seat, and that way you leave and they hear, they hear you leaving, and they say, you know, and it just it just gets rid of this onus who pissed on the seat, you know, and 
and um and it's a nice little warm one for your little tush tush um all right this next one um this next one I actually think has legs right this is the one that actually has legs i remember uh said on pub four but my most ever sales moment was when i was on the phone with some dude and i said michael we were on the phone last week you said the deal had legs my question to you today is are they still walking and he said, Tony, look, absolutely, they're walking all the way to the bank. And obviously we were talking in real sales lingo, which I loved. Um, but I don't know what came over me. Anyway, come here. Um, this one I think has legs. Are they still walking? You be you be the judge. Um, this is a study on... Okay, so look, I've talked about the Kinsey scale before, right? Um, I, I, you know, this, is, this isn't necessarily using that, right? If we look at this just as a general... This is totally oversimplified, right? And I'm not looking to be flippant about sexual orientation. But but this is what, just, this is just the theory, right? You have attractions on various genders, right? Um, so to completely oversimplify sexual orientation, right? On the scale, say if one, right, is, a, is a completely heterosexual, right? No interest in having a homosexual uh, encounter or relationship. And five is uh, homosexual, very little, uh, have no interest whatsoever in having a heterosexual, um, you know, uh, incident, <laughs> sexual, whatever. They don't want to be, they don't want to be getting in, uh, involved with anyone of the opposite sex, right? And then, just for the sake, let them have a loads of space in here. Three, four, and five, right there in the middle. That's all bisexual, of various orientation. One would be more hetero, one would be more homo, but the, the three. One is completely hetero. Two, three, four is just all the boys having a fucking wonderful time in there. And then the fives is just, um, is uh, pardon the straight homo, right? Um, so uh, that's that's still a list, okay? That's still people have having a sexual interest, sexual desires to someone. So, but the, the key is they all are sexually active and have a sexual interest, right? There is also asexuals, asexuals who have very little to know sexual interest right this is a completely different scale i'm talking about here right regardless of gender so um those who have a minimal to zero interest in sex are asexuals so where what about the scale where's from asexual being one no interest whatsoever and then maybe four or five are all the people i just mentioned who have across genders various sexual activities i want to know what is going on with the twos and the threes do you know what i'm saying and the one is asexual and four or five are all the people I mentioned. What's going on with the twos and threes? And could you potentially look at classifying the varying degrees of attraction that people actually have from none whatsoever to maybe the twos, if I may coin the term, a cuddle sexual? A cuddle sexual. And that's not to again. This is no. They could be could. They could be gay. They could be. Um. You know. They could be heterosexual. They could be bi. Cuddles or cuddies, as I'm calling them, the twos. Is there scope to explore the realm of the twos and the threes? Um. And could you say, for example, ha? You know, could I, for example, show up to my brother's wedding as a cuddy with Jason Momoa, um, my boyfriend? in this cuddy relationship, right? So yes, we are homosexuals, but we're cuddies, you know? And we cuddle, and he spoons me, and neither of us get erections from it. <laughs> you know, could I be like, you know, this is my boyfriend, Jason Momoa, we're cuddies. We're practicing cuddies, consensual cuddies. Just, to, you know, maybe that even appeals to you. Maybe the idea of getting up to the four or five, maybe you're more of a, 
maybe you're more of a two. Maybe even a cutty is a three, and maybe two is holding hands. Maybe two is, you know. But what's more, if sex is off the table and gender doesn't really come into it, um, you know, and we're only cuddling. And again, I'm not trying to be flippant at all here. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to understand. Uh, if there's no kind of power imbalance because there's no real sex involved, you know, there's no way of really duping anyone. It's totally consensual. There's no power imbalance here. Could you, could I, could I, for example, as a practicing cuddy, and again, not trying to be flippant, but could I say on just the scale of physical intimacy, if I don't identify as someone who wants to fully have full sexual activities, if I'm a two or a three cuddy, right, could I say, and there's no power imbalance, could I say this dog's my boyfriend? This dog is my boyfriend. We're cuddies. We're two cuddies. Have I lost you? Have I lost you now already? This is where I lost Terry. I had Terry up to this point as well. Could I say this dog's my boyfriend? Could I say this magnificent Maine Coon cat, this stunning woman, um, and I are looking to buy a new home together? We're cuddies. And um, and we want Bank of Ireland to back brave on this one, <laughs> this cat. Um, you know? You know, um, could we be... Where... I'm just... just I'm kind of just planting these little... But where... What's going on in the twos and threes of the A to full hetero, bi, or homo sexual? You know, if you're... And is there scales within that? That's just what I'm... You know? So what... Now, I lost Terry on the on the dog thing. She says because a dog is... Has a symbiotic relationship that I have to feed the dog that there is actually a power imbalance, which I, you know... But I'm not... You know, you know it sounds creepy. There's not going to cuddle a fucking thing, you know. But I wouldn't mind bringing it to my brother's wedding. My brother's not getting married, but I'm just saying if I, uh, you know. You know, sometimes you have to have a stand-in, and that's your person. But you don't want to, you know. You know what I mean? Is there is there scope for, is there scope, maybe on a 1.5, me and Jordan being together and just playing um, Warzone together. You know what I mean? And I get to bring him to my brother's wedding and Christmas. You know? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, listen, this is the next one. We're thinking about um hey guys you heard of fashion right what about fash bin clothes you can bin so this is one for the parents here look if you're a working parent you likely have a pile of clothes that have poo poo on them that are stuffed in beside your washing machine that you'll wash eventually all right i say why bin it with biodegradable baby clothes okay the same sort of fabric that you have from those kind of faux plastic super value bags you know like those um biodegradable um rubber gloves so it's like that material and now you put you have baby clothes right so you can save the earth cut down on washing while making your child look like an absolute uh Berghain latex freak you know and um you know and then you just you know poo poo whatever like bin the whole lot bin the whole fucking lot do you know what i mean enough of this building a big pile of stinky stinky poo poo clothes beside your washing machine and also i would say uh or no, i will say um and what about it's that's for the baby clothes but what about this as well a compostable t-shirt for adults made of the same uh material um and it also comes with a big thick black marker so you can just write a big slogan on it that day something hilarious you know sit on it you know um save save cheap cans fuck the doll you know, something like that. Something relevant. Because I often find when I go on Twitter, by the time I found out about a new meme uh, or a slogan, it's already passe, right? If you're not posting about it by 10 a.m., it's going to be passe. So, you know, you know, like say if it gets to 11.30 and you haven't made a joke about the time Stephen Donnelly gave Tony Houlihan a thumbs up in a WhatsApp message. 
which for some reason people thought was I don't know. So oh man, I'm not trying to bring up old memes from 2020, but um, you know, you could be on that. You could have a thumb emoji meme that morning on your T-shirt. Do you know what I mean? You're being contemporary, you know. And then do you know what's great? You've worn a meme that day. It's become passe. You can bin it. Compostable T-shirts. Um. For, for clothes. Norma Foley, you could say. Everyone's talking about Norma Foley, you know. Bob Saget uh, died as of today. You get Bob Saget t-shirt on, you know, and you're walking around Bob Saget, you know. Just saying. And also, use, everyone sees you get to see your nipples, which is also, you know, a plus. Um, okay, this... Um, all right, this next one is, is... I shouldn't end with this one, but I'm ending with this idea. Drone bowl. Drone bowl. Did I stammer? Droll. Drone bowl. The droll. The drone bowl. Droll. It is a b- or bone. It drones droll slash bone is a drone bowl. Say you're playing the board games, right, or poker or whatever it might be. Oftentimes, the the center of the table, no matter how big the table is, is, is you know, is the occupying space of 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 the cards or the board or whatever it might be. And that's normally where, if you were sitting around having a chat, a big old bowl of pop corn would be there, right? Big old bowl of big old bowl of chips. If you're a card carrying American, a big old bowl of ch- crisps in the middle of the in the middle of the table. But what I've found over Christmas playing games is that you know where to put the chips or uh, the crisps. Sorry, I'm not uh, crisps. We call them here in Republic of Ireland. There's nowhere to put them, and what you're passing the bowl, it's disrupting the play. I say no more, and welcome to <laughs> drone bowl, a bowl with four very highly powered fans that hovers above the very light plastic cards, <laughs> right? And it hovers there, and then you can just reach above the table and get a chip or crisp. Fuck. Um, no, I'm swearing. I'm not swearing ever again. Um, and oh, but it also has a homing beacon, and it comes to the most hungry boy, the hungry, hungry human man, and it comes to you, and then you can just take it and eat it at the side. There needs to be a way of easily transferring in a hands-free way a bowl of crisps when you're playing a game around the table. Um, now I did realize that is going to be a very. As soon as I realized that it would be actually for a card game, the, fuck, the fans going to blow the, the fans going to blow the cards away. I genuinely thought this was a great idea, and then I thought the fans going to blow the cards away. But what about this three table, three D table, which I'm calling three table? It's a table. Okay, we've been we've been okay, not having a go here really, right? But we've been only messing around with two axis points of the table, right? The x-axis. Why have we never thought to move upwards with our tables? What is going on, guys? <laughs> we have a table. We're playing games. What if we have the table? And on top of the table is another table. And on that table is your your chips, and uh, your crisps, sorry, um, and your, you know, bifter paraphernalia, like for rolling skins and stuff like that, all on the top table. Um, your glass of pop or whatever you ha- what have you, and then at the bottom under the table, and there's a light underneath the top table is your game. So if you're hungry, stand up, bitch. Just stand up and go to the top table, and eat from there. And then when you're ready, you can sit back down to the low table, and then um, that's where all the fun and the games are going to be. Um, so it's kind of two ideas there. So it's kind of sorry, business, um, business downstairs. And then all the party upstairs, all the chips and the rolling paraphernalia. Um, so you stand up to grab your bits, and then you sit down to enjoy them. That's the idea of the three three D table, which I'm calling three table. 
So you've Droll and Three Dable. So I'm waiting for, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating, I'm, I'm going to be submitting these into the virtual young scientists. And if they don't quite get in, I don't think I have enough time. These are up for grabs, especially Three Dable. <laughs> Just put a fucking table on another table. So there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed my inventions and submissions for this year's Young Scientist. And if you see a little frigid boy walking around, just you know, little bottle, you know, little bottle glasses and big boots that are really big, just have a little spare thought. You know, you really should have been getting this whole um, this January. So my commiserations to all of my fellow freaks out there, all my fellow Todd Phillips's monsters, Gaga, out there. Um, but your day will come and feel free next year to submit my wonderful ideas. Thank you very much for listening. All the best. Bye bye. This is only a shit show.